0: Coming up next, the booking reads This is David Opperson. You're humble and I'll be your host. Very happy to be here. I'm kind of like, a little bit like Harry Potter, crossed with Dumbledore, crossed with Rocky, crossed with Neo from the Matrix. Hmm. Over there, <laughs> <laughs> we've got. He's a little bit like James Bond, crossed with Conan the Barbarian, crossed with Dobby the House Elf. Easy. (laughs) (laughs) Easy (laughs) there. Brandon Chasteen, he's a scholar who's a baller of reading. How you doing, Brandon? Doing great, Nathan. Now, Brandon, you're going to have to introduce our third person and tell us some characters that... But most
1: represent who he is. You want to take your shoe off and hand it to me? I do. Oh, good. Uh, Not really. <laughs> if I'm Dobby the house elf. You got to be set free. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I can no, no, leave. I, I you can go free. home. <laughs> we got a good thing going here with the booking. We've got like 100 episodes. <laughs> That's what people don't realize is I'm actually a house elf. <laughs> That's the only reason I do this. <laughs>
0: Go ahead and introduce
1: him. Brandon, I command it. Okay, he's Pastor Jacob Menzel. Oh, what's he's a cross between? Well, you've already taken Dumbledore. mm mm-hmm. was Captain America. Yeah. hmm yeah. What's Little Creed? Is it Little Creed? <laughs> what's Creed's son's name? Adonis. Little Creed. Adonis. I think it was Little Creed. Adonis. Uh, both Adonis and Adonis. Jacob Menzel, the he's pastor, Jacob, yeah.
0: who's a master of reading. Welcome, Jake. How's your life finding you today? It's finding me well. That's good. <laughs> Guys, we're doing it. We're we talking. Are. Harry Potter the boy who lived himself our new celebrity the boy who lived and last week we had some wonderful context courtesy of Brandon Chastain thank you again for that contest Brandon
1: you're welcome Nathan glad i pleased you
0: pleased Jake I'll dare I dare say oh yeah oh yeah i don't know (laughs) so much that he burst through the wall and (laughs) gave us all (laughs) kool-aid oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) Uh who's gonna repair that Uh, yes i lived through the 90s folks or 80s or whatever that was i lived through the the era where with of the kool-aid man whatever that era was i lived through it hey guys this is what we're gonna do we left last week on a cliffhanger the biggest cliffhanger maybe of all time except for the 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 earlier booking episode perhaps where jake got shot by brandon we finished up our context and then we had to decide is Harry Potter a book that Christians should read? hmm before we do baggage check before if you're familiar with the booking, usually how this would go, we do the context and then this episode would start with the baggage check and we'd talk about what baggage we brought and then we discuss the book We're hopefully we'll get to that but first we have to make sure it's okay for us to read this book. Maybe this will be the last episode on Harry Potter.
2: It's possible.
0: Fingers crossed. Now I actually, you might think I'm doing that as like a rhetorical kind of a thing, but actually earlier today I was arguing, me and Jake, and one of us was arguing that, hey, if we can't make Harry Potter pass muster, maybe we shouldn't do it, so... I think it'll probably pass muster. We did all read it. We did all enjoy it. I'm not going to lie to you about that. Mm. So I'm going to hope that we can mount a, a defense of why a Christian should read Harry Potter. But I don't know. It's an interesting question, isn't it, fellas? That it is. So. A needle pulling thread. Danes. Oh, man.
1: In days gone by.
0: Hoisted on my own petard. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's an interesting discussion, I think, because... Why do you think it's an interesting discussion, Brandon?
1: Why do I think it's an interesting discussion? Well, because if the answer is no, then this episode has like a record scratch and it's over. So, (laughs) yep. (laughs) That's why it's an interesting
0: question. We wouldn't be talking because so your answer is it's an interesting question because we wouldn't be talking about it on this very interesting podcast if not.
1: That's right. This will be the last episode on Harry Potter.
0: Jake, why do you think it's an
2: interesting question? Because you can actually make a pretty compelling and strong case that Christians shouldn't read Harry Potter.
0: I think you can. I think you actually can. And I didn't go into this initially, I will admit. A few. Months ago, before I'd begun to think about this, I hadn't thought about it all that much for a long time. I have, I've gone a couple rounds with this discussion before in my time. Growing up in the Christian circles that I did, I was, didn't entirely avoid it. But I hadn't thought about it for years, really, given it any serious thought. So I was just kind of assuming, oh yeah, of course people can read Harry Potter. But then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, there's actually a decent argument against reading Harry Potter. And I talked to a mutual friend of all of ours yesterday who does will not read Harry Potter. He, in fact, does not read any kind of fantasy literature. Doesn't read Lord of the Rings, I don't think. He told me, I won't say what, <laughs> say what his name is, so I guess it's not telling tales out of school. He told me he'd watched the first two Lord of the Rings movies just recently, like within the last three weeks. He'd watched them with his wife. He'd kind of enjoyed them, but they were a little bit of a guilty pleasure. And those movies, let's face it, they've been out for 20 years. This was the first time he'd even wanted to be okay with watching that much. So he really has a problem with things that depict magic, with stories, fantasy stories, fairy tales, anything. Cinderella's, I mean, he might even go so far as to have a problem with Cinderella's fairy godmother turning the pumpkins into coaches, that kind of stuff. Have you ever not given it any thought, it's easy to kind of portray that as really cartoonish, that point of view. But This guy's not a cartoon, and he's not a stick in the mud, exactly. And he does have that point of view. And Jake, why do you suppose he has that point of view?
2: Well, the Bible is pretty clear and explicit on witchcraft and sorcery. Okay, so the
0: famous verses on the subject from Exodus, Exodus 22, 18. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Right there, black and white, written in words right underneath that. As whoever lieth with the beast shall surely be put to death. So it's in that list right there. If you sacrifice <laughs> unto any god, he shall be destroyed. You shall not vex a stranger. It's just like a list of really black and white rules. And one of them is thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. First Chronicles 10.13 is talking about the sins of King Saul after he died. It says he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord and even consulted a medium for guidance. So of all the bad things that King Saul did, singles that one out. First Samuel 15. For rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Leviticus 19.31. Do not turn to me. Medi- or seek out spiritists, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus twenty twenty seven: A man or woman who is a medium or spiritist among you must be put to death. You are to stone them; their blood will be on their own heads. So, the argument of our mutual friend comes down to this: If there was a, and I'm I'm, I'm going to try and do do this justice, because I don't think it's a stupid argument at all. If somebody created a fantasy world where say people engaged in bestiality and they said well the rules are different in this fantasy world or where it was okay to murder or where it was okay to fornicate and they said well in this fantasy world on this other planet in this other universe it's okay for people nobody would be okay with that the bible has very clear prohibitions against witchcraft against sorcery against occultism against any of those kinds of things, divination. And so something like Harry Potter, or even I dare say Lord of the Rings, your Narnia's perhaps, but specifically and more, in a more hardcore way, Harry Potter is going to take something that God has said is evil and call it good. And you know, you can say, well, it's in a different universe, but that's not going to get you off the hook for any other abomination in scripture. So why this one?
2: Yeah, and then to take that argument further, you have these things not just being portrayed, but what you said earlier, them being called good or being portrayed in a way that's cool, that's good, that's fun, Mm -hmm. that's exciting. In the case of Harry Potter in particular, taking things that are explicitly uh, associated with the occult, with things forbidden in scripture, and recasting them as good things and shaping kids' imaginations around them. So
0: what's an example of
2: that? I was just reading Isaiah, and I Isaiah uses uh, owls at various points as uh, signs of evil and doom. And owls are pretty cool in Harry Potter. They cast spells and it's cool and they and dragons are cool and you know, they're witches and they're wizards. It's all pretty cool and pretty fun.
0: One of the ways we like to talk about it around the Warhorn Offices, beautiful Warhorn Offices, is as emotional or spiritual grammar. Like for example, when I've gone on my famous tirades against Wonder Woman, it's because it's redefining the sexual grammar for people of how they think about and process what a woman should should be.
2: So when you create a world where suddenly it's cool and okay and even possible for a woman to be strong in the way that Wonder Woman's strong, it's subverting because it's contra nature. It's against the way God made the world, but it's programming how we think about the world. Mm -hmm. It's feeding us lies uh, on the level of grammar. Mm -hmm. It's bad sexual grammar to see whether it's Ray or Wonder Woman or whoever. In the same way that words
0: and grammar give you you know, a vocabulary to speak and define the way that you actually think about things. This is casting or defining the way that you might think about sexuality or in Harry Potter's case, the occult, spiritualism.
2: Yeah, spell casting, curses, potion making, divination, uh, all these things in in a way that's cool and fun and interesting and exciting as opposed to something that the Bible calls evil and will get you condemned to death.
0: And I really want to tighten the screws even more because i i looked up a lot of the arguments against this that christians make and it's not the kind of stuff that we on the booking historically like to side with because basically you have all the kind of humble sweet christians who don't really know what to think and they kind of feel weird about reading something like harry potter I'm, i'm generalizing wildly here but you get the point you have people that are just like eh I don't really know what to think, and I'm not a theologian, but this seems weird. And then you have the elites, and they're like, well, actually, it's all a metaphor.
2: If and, you were just as sophisticated and, you know, as we If you we just were, understood
0: that it's a fantasy world, and
2: blah, blah, blah. You could eat your popcorn and enjoy Wonder Woman and right. have no concern about how how that's affecting you, how it's affecting your view of sexuality, how it's affecting your kids and their view of their own sexuality. In the same would be true of Harry Potter if you were just as sophisticated as we are if you were just able to be as as bright and nuanced then you know you wouldn't be you'd be above being affected if you just
0: had a digestive system like mine you could eat this poison and you'd be okay like well you know, maybe, we we'll let's not eat poison. Um, <laughs> you know, that's an argument I've oft made about feminism in movies and TV shows and stuff over on Sound of Sanity. Maybe we haven't talked about that as much on the bookening, I don't know. But if you can make a parallel for Harry Potter, then my affection and my natural instinct is going to go to be to go with the people that are like, I don't know, but it just seems kind of weird. So, yeah... I, I should also say about our friend, just to give a little bit of more context and some of my own baggage, our friend grew up in charismatic circles, and so did I. Our friend reminded me that in his growing up years dealing with charismatic circles, they take, spirit, you know, spiritual warfare, the demon world, all that stuff, they take it pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. So you hear, on the one hand, you hear, I think, some kind of unhealthy scare tactic stuff where it's like, you know, the devil's out there and Satanists are in their plot and all this kind of stuff. I think sometimes it can foster a health or an unhealthy desire for knowledge of the forbidden in some of those kinds of circles. But they do take that stuff a lot more seriously. And he just said, yeah, you know, I've come over into the kind of the reformed Christian world, conservative Christian, little. Bit more intellectual, and I find that people really aren't as bothered by Harry Potter. But to me, it strikes me as they're just kind of materialistic, you know, they don't take the devil or the occult or any of this stuff all that seriously, and I don't see why they wouldn't. It's in the Bible. It's a thing. It's something that God talks about. It's something that God seems to treat seriously. Mm, it kind of seems like we're just materialists. Like we don't want to acknowledge that there is a spiritual reality. That Harry Potter or even maybe something like Lord of the Rings, he would take it as far as Lord of the Rings is reflecting a spiritual reality. You know, maybe we should take this stuff a little bit more seriously. Maybe instead of just washing our hands of the whole thing and saying, you know, it's it's it, being above it all, we should acknowledge that there's something real there and something that we need to be careful about that is maybe not an argument that any of us will ultimately agree with i don't know but have we done a fair job of does that i
2: yeah i think that that yeah i think that's a fair job
1: you've made me sympathetic yeah yeah
2: well, I
0: felt sympathetic en- enough to it this morning to question with Jake whether what the answer was, how we could move forward, what whether we needed to just not do Harry Potter. Even, I mean, I don't know that I was ever really serious about that, about not doing it. I mean, but I thought maybe I should at least ask the question out loud, so I did.
2: Yeah, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? I think that there's definitely. At the very least, people need to, be, need to have the space to not read Harry Potter, and right. we should start there, without feeling stupid or without feeling undue pressure. They should feel the freedom to not read Harry Potter, they should feel the freedom to actually not read The Lord of the Rings.
0: Should they feel the freedom even not to watch Star
2: Wars? Even not to watch
1: Star Wars. Oh, man.
0: We'll start there. People should... Brandon, do you think that people should have space to not read Harry Potter?
1: No, Nathan, I don't. Oh, no. I think they're all just dumb. You think people... Should get over it. They're dumb and they should get over it and they should read Harry Potter. People should have space not to read Harry Potter. If if their conscience does not let them read Harry Potter, then they shouldn't read Harry Potter. You think people should have space, true or false, people should have space not to read The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe? Yes. I think I have made the argument before that life is too short, that in the end, literature is not worth... Defiling your conscience over. Um, And I would stand by that argument here. Literature is not worth defiling your conscience over. Two ways to come
2: at the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. You got the magic, and then you've got the... Crummy theology. And the Second Commandment violation and portraying Jesus as a lion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A lion that died to appease the devil, basically.
2: Yes.
1: And then you have C.S. Lewis's fancy arguments justifying it. But again, if they don't hold water for you, then you shouldn't defile your conscience over it. So...
0: Congratulations, guys. By the way, we found a way to work in a jab against C.S. Lewis into this episode. Did we? Did I just do a jab? No, we all, <laughs> all three did. Oh, well, there you go. We saw our opportunity. We took it. <laughs> if this your whole face. title business goes south, I will never work at a classical school. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just joining us for the first time for these Harry Potter episodes, folks, and you want to know why we maybe have some negative feelings about C.S. Lewis, just listen to any other bookening episode ever recorded, and we'll probably mention it.
1: They're pretty good reasons yeah
0: specifically but, listen to our take on uh what's that thing with the pagan blood until oh, we, we have until faces. Faces. we have faces listen to our till we have face episode. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably your best starting place there if you're interested uh reasons that,
1: reasons that a lot of people seem to ignore yeah But whatever I don't,
0: I don't know about that but you know it's a free country brandon yeah it is yet another reason why people should be allowed to not read harry potter
1: we well, a free country yeah we're americans it's not required you yet. You just drew a six-pointed star on your hand. Yes, I know.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Speaking of grammar of the a, occult. It started as a Zelda Triforce.
0: Right. And then you turned it and <laughs> Brendan literally drew a six-pointed star on his hand. That's Judea. He actually did slip the throat of a goat just before we began. <laughs> yes. In my
1: eyes, my pupils are now the size of my irises. And <laughs> I'm going to draw the Deathly Hallows on my hand. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. So we sincerely want to make space. That's point number one of this episode is there's some good arguments against reading fantasy that deals with the occult or with magic. And there's certainly good arguments
2: about allowing your children, especially your young children, to read. Even if you think, okay, so it's got the language of has the grammar of the occult and glorifies the grammar of the occult, but I'm not bothered by that. I'm... 34 years old and I'm a big boy.
0: I can tell the difference between what good spiritual grammar is and what isn't.
2: And my, I've been shaped by all of the good fairy tales that teach me that dragons are bad and witches are evil and they hunt and eat children and blah, 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 blah. And so it's kind of fun to see this turned upside down. Well, you know, your eight, nine, 10, seven, 11 year old son or daughter might not have that. Your eight, nine, ten,
0: seven, eleven daughter or son might not have that. It's very true.
1: They might not have that. Brandon,
0: does your, your eight, nine, 7, ten, seven, eleven daughter? My eight, nine, ten, seven, eleven daughter. Your eight, nine, ten, seven, eleven daughter. Does she have the ability to tell the difference? Has she? Uh, well, I'm, I mean, I'm my... just going to ask, guys. I'm sorry. I'm going to I'm going to hold your feet to the fire on this. Brandon, have any of your children read any Harry
1: Potters? And if so, who and what ages? Yes, my daughter Alyssa, and she's recently. She's fourteen, and she's read them all. Yes, I see how it is. And my son Elliot just read The Sorcerer's Stone. Sorcerer, as I like to call it, The Philosopher's Stone. How old are they?
2: (laughs) Are they 10? 10. 10, They're 10.
0: 10. Jake, same question.
2: Peter and Elliot are the same age. They've read the same.
0: They've read Philosopher's Stone. Or Sorcerer's Sorcerer's Stone. Stone Can we just be hipsters and
2: watch our football and refer to it as- It's The Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, it's The Philosopher's Stone. I'm really annoyed that it's The Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, Yeah, I was confused. I thought it was, I was like- It sounds an awful lot like the Philosopher's Stone, what they're describing here. No, but they just think Americans are so stupid that...
1: (laughs) Why'd they just call it the Philosopher's Stone? Because I had to get the word sorcerer into the title. Otherwise, people wouldn't know what they're reading. Just like that new book, new movie that's the house with a clock in its wall. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wonder what this movie's about. (laughs) To be fair, some of the great, you know, I wonder
0: who Citizen Kane's about. I wonder where Casablanca takes place. Not every title can be Gone with the Wind.
1: You can't be, Nathan.
0: (laughs) Good point. <laughs> I guess I took care of Brandon's
2: title <laughs> snobbery. I'm dusting my hands in
1: to yeah.
0: triumph,
2: folks. I think Peter's also read Chamber of Secrets, but I'm not letting him go any farther than that just yet. Yeah. Fair enough. All right.
0: Well, maybe we'll come back to the reasons why or why not, but I think we got to dig into this a little bit more, guys. Mm. Obviously, we've all read Harry Potter. Yeah, let me ask you this Brandon. Did you feel any tinge of guilt or badness about that aspect of Harry Potter? What did it even occur yeah. to you to kind of be war- wary of it?
1: Yes, it did. The representations of the ghosts in the house and the way that no, you, like know, you know Headless, headless Nick, Nick and the and kind of and the glorification and um glazing over death and violence like that always bothers me, mm-hmm. which I think will come up again in Cormac McCarthy because it's one reason I don't like horror movies mm-hmm. a lot. It depends on the horror movie, but any horror movie is like slasher fiction. Yeah, so, because yeah. I don't think that we should be dwelling on those things, and it makes us calloused. That's my big problem: is catharsis can work the other way; it can make you callous towards things as well. And so you have which book? I forget which book it's in, but they go to his party, mm-hmm. and it's just uh, this yeah, disgusting. Next Nearly next, yeah, that's, that's the first book. Maybe no, it's, it's just. Not. Is it, is it Chamber of Secrets? Chamber. The second book. It's this gross party where it's, it, you feel uncomfortable, but it's kind of supposed to be funny, the situation, but it reveals the reality of this world they're in where things that are dark, things that we would typically look at as satanic and occult are okay. And then if you go, if you watch the movies or there are some depictions in the books too, anytime that you have a professor of the dark arts, the stuff that's in their potion cabinet, it's, it can be some pretty dark stuff, mm-hmm. shrunken mm-hmm. heads. Yeah. Parts of animals.
0: Well, and we should pause yeah. right here maybe to say I didn't bother bringing any of the research with me, but I've seen plenty of convincing research that Rawling definitely drew on the real occult, included yeah, no lots of real... There's yeah, no question. Did. I
1: think that you mentioned this in context. Some I of the might ways. have,
2: yeah, but there's, I mean, almost everything. It, not everything, but there's a whole lot that's just drawn straight from yeah, medieval remember. alchemy, from... Medieval witchcraft. Occulted Some witchcraft of the names of the people occulted. who write the
1: textbooks are actually. This is I've, I didn't know this. Nicholas but you pointed Flamel out. is
0: yeah. supposed is a, Me and Jake went down a little research bunny trail day and f- found out he is
2: actually he, not he was actually much of a legit, not an alchemist, but he he's famous has a, as legendary. Yeah, a famous legendary reputation as being the only person to ever uh, have produced the philosopher's stone, yeah. uh, right and. You know, may still be alive today. Wow, oh, yeah, yeah, to that's something. It, him and Elvis, the elixir of life. Whether or not that's actually connected to the philosopher's stone or a separate thing. You know, it's a different question.
0: These are these are deep waters, fellas. Deep yeah.
1: waters. But you point you had pointed out that some of the people who write the textbooks were actually convicted witches and wizards. Like oh, she yeah. took names. Oh, from Oh yeah, history. actually,
2: yeah. Uh, Convicted, executed, executed, witches and warlocks, yeah.
1: And then, uh, yeah. Tried for witchcraft, uh, found guilty. That should make you uncomfortable. Well. The fact that she's doing that and turning... Excommunicated
2: heretics.
1: Because her, her argument is that the magic she's drawing from... Is, I think we mentioned this, it's like the fourth science. Mm -hmm. We just don't understand it because it's been hidden from the muggles. Right, right. But the counter argument is, well, it's the fourth science because it's the demonic world that you're not supposed to be accessing.
0: Well, and occultists and alchemists and people like that have always argued that they're engaging in something that, you know, years down the road will just be considered another science. We just haven't, we just don't have a name for it. Every villain at the end of every occultic movie gives that speech about,
2: I was just, this is. Well, even Marvel. In those early, like, like the Thor movies or whatever, they have speeches like that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what you call magic is just our science. Yeah. Right? <clears throat>
0: speeches. Yeah. So, it's a trope,
1: I mean. Yeah. And which, yeah, sure. The devil, Satan, would make it look like you're just doing science. Right.
0: Well, so, and I, should, I just want to say, in case it's unclear for our listeners, it's probably worth saying, I personally believe in that there are people that can channel, I mean, for example, the Witch of Endor in the Old Testament brought up... A spirit, Mm -hmm. Jake's pointed out to me before, that she seems to be surprised that she actually got Samuel. Yeah, But I don't know that she's surprised that she got something. something.
2: No, I don't think she's surprised that she got something, but she is surprised that it's actually Samuel. The magicians,
0: the evil magicians, the, the Egyptian magicians actually do do, you know, they're able to make a staff into a snake. They're... I believe there are real powers that people can channel. I believe that not every witch trial that ever happened, we can argue about this or that historical incident, but I don't believe that every one of them was necessarily a farce, hi- a, farce a fraud, a hypocritical, you know, evil puritanical, jerky Christians were persecuting Earth Gaia mother, nope, I don't wonderful, believe beautiful. So either. Women. There's some cases that I will say it seems an awful lot like they are that way, but I wouldn't say that as a rule, every one of them are that. Mm -hmm. I mean, somebody, some pastor, somebody once told me you should give the devil his tricks. You know, you should give Mohammed his miracles. And I believe that. I, I I don't see any reason to say that there isn't such a thing as...
1: Actual occultic, yeah, which practices. is why. So the other thing that struck, it always made me uncomfortable, is Tr- Professor Trulani and the whole divination aspect yeah. in that yeah. class. That really strikes me as dark and mm-hmm. satanic. So e- even more so than the Dark Defense Against the Dark Arts, because at least Lupin's teaching them to protect themselves against the darkness. Right. But here Trulani is tapping into weird oh, yeah. dark stuff. So you have her and then even the transfiguration stuff which has echoes of the uh, sorcerers with Moses mm-hmm. because they were always working through transfiguration. And so it does have echoes of the sort of witchcraft that is condemned in the Bible. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I don't think there's any question of that. I think trying to argue against that would be a it's fool's, fool's errand. I mean, yeah. R- yeah. the first person to argue against you would be Joe Rawling.
1: Right. So yeah. I call so, it Joe answer your question, yeah. Those are the things that make me uncomfortable, and largely because they're the things that don't stand up well to the argument you were making. Right. Now, so. Jake,
0: I, I'll ask you the same question, and you just read the book. We haven't gotten into our baggage yet, but you just— Maybe people should go ahead and tell people you just read Harry Potter for the first time for this— Yeah, this, that's re, right. —these recordings. So did you feel any sort of pressure or guilt or guilty pleasure aspect even of just, oh, I'm reading about witches? Yeah,
2: I did, and it, it hit me right away because— While I was, like, the same day that that the owls showed up in the sorcerer's stone... Uh, delivering Harry's letter to Hogwarts, I've read a passage in Isaiah, and I'm I'm not sure I could find it for you now. It, you know, it was just a prophecy, and it was you know the owls are going to come, and they're going to you know jackals and owls are going mm-hmm. to take over. It's going to be turned into a wilderness. And well, and it's, owls it's, there's signs just, of desolation and destruction and judgment.
0: Even outside the scriptures, owls have always been considered kind of spirit animals, spirit carriers, spirit. They have a lot of kind of yeah occultic associations.
2: Yeah, so I mean, they're from the beginning. I just thought you know and she i think she plays up in those first books some of that stuff more just the whole trying to get you acclimated to the fact that what you normally think of as bad or icky is actually good here and cool well she's kind of
0: settles into her fantasy world around book four or so and is just yes. telling a story in the first books there's a but lot the first more two sort of, three cuteness books. of oh they're writing brooms it's like a thing that i've seen traditionally uh, but represented it's bats, but now it's yeah
2: you know But bats aren't bad and scary. Bats are cool. There's barrels of bat wings that we use in potions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, all these. Yeah, everything that. Talking about animal cruelty. Part of like what we have to. Harry's got to get acclimated to this new idea, but he acclimates really quickly. And so we're the ones actually being acclimated to the idea that, you know, ghosts popping through things are just normal every day. Yeah, I I felt tension. I didn't feel any personal draw, but I felt I certainly felt the tension of
1: it being a kid's book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's um, some of the tension I felt, and I'll, and to be fair, to the Lord of the Rings and to Narnia, those I have I don't feel those same tensions when reading those. Right,
2: and it's because in those books, they're not taking things that are. Well, it's, I mean, there's magic, but we're talking about very specific, specifically associated with the occult
1: mandrake roots. Yeah. Yeah. Mandrake so, roots is a
0: thing that yeah, you know,
1: it would be equivalent to someone in the Lord of the Rings universe years down the road after everything has happened writing a book about a children's school in Mordor mm-hmm. right? and making everything that happened in Mordor seem like it was actually kind of cool and right. okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> That's uh, another great metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it works. Brendan, <laughs> grab that metaphorical horse by its tail. <laughs> I did. Until it rotted. <laughs> <laughs> what we <do you> say? <laughs>
0: yeah, I will go ahead and say that I did not feel a lot of tension. Now, I have also, as, as our dear listeners, dear, dear listeners will know, have read a lot of horror and supernatural stuff. So if I was going to feel that tension, I felt it a long time ago and kind of got over it. I might be a little desensitized to that kind of thing. I'll fully admit I also don't have kids, so I wasn't processing it through what's a kid going to think I will say as someone who has read a decent amount of occult literature, um, or not occult literature, you know, I haven't read like, you know, the Necronomicon, I'm talking about like, you know, as someone who's read horror stories, I did not find this to be particularly enticing or interesting, or it didn't seem to me that it was really tapping all that deeply into anything that was all that I personally found to be all that attractive. I know it has been attractive for people. I can think of a girl that I used to work with who was covered in tattoos. She had a Triforce on her neck. Just like Brandon just drew on his hand, it's and gone now. It's gone now.
1: <laughs> it absorbed into my skin. I am yeah, of now. It did. Link.
0: You are now Link. She had a Triforce on her neck, and then her whole body was covered. Like she had sleeves up her arms and lots of stuff that she I. She had eat. sleeves
1: up her arms. She
0: did have sleeves up her arms. <laughs> sleeve, tattoo sleeves. <laughs> okay. Of Harry Potter, Arcana, of Wicca stuff. Of and she was like a real grungy babe. She um, sounds awesome. Yeah, she was <laughs> radical, man. <laughs> She uh, famously had a, made her own bumper sticker. This was around the time that Trump was becoming a thing. And she had this bumper sticker that she just wrote out in cardboard that had a certain curse word and then had Trump. And she just duct taped it to the back of her car and really got the boss and everybody mad at her because they didn't want this thing sitting in this parking lot that we shared with another company at the time. But... She, call her Alexa, Alexa was a girl that should have had no business reading Harry Potter. She was obviously attracted to it for all the wrong reasons. And just having known one example of her, and she's not the only example, and I'm sure you guys can think of examples of people you've known, I will say there's definitely some people in this world that have no business reading yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah, there's... Yeah.
2: That's absolutely true, and there's a reason why why Wiccans and modern neo pagans celebrate the Harry Potter books and the revived interest in witchcraft and yeah, but not that it's attributed to Harry
1: Potter. To be and to be fair, these same people are celebrate the Lord of the Rings too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sort of thing that's a good point. So, and it's a sort of immaturity, and that's the difference I would say between the people who would make the argument you made earlier, there's an immaturity with this other set that's not... Yeah. There's a tenderness of conscience, conscience with that first argument. It's mm. not with this argument. This is just foolish immaturity.
0: Yeah, there's people that shouldn't read Song of Solomon, for crying out loud. Yeah. I mean, there's people sure. that are corrupt in their minds so that they can't read all kinds of things that are otherwise good and helpful, and edifying for people. So it's not a be-all, and all argument to say there's people out there that shouldn't read Harry Potter. There's people out there probably that shouldn't read the boxcar children because they'll be tempted to run away from home and live in a boxcar. People who
1: shouldn't read Anna Karenina.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah. I guess people shouldn't read Harry Potter, right? Sounds like it. We've just spent like 40 minutes. You know what? Let's do donor shout outs. <laughs> <Let's> do it. <laughs> all right. You guys ready for some donor shout outs? to
2: an episode of Sound of Sanity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: We'll go the to the devil. The devil came skit. out. And do I hear the. Are devils? you? And now, now we got go to go for a skit one. while we gather yeah. our thoughts. Gather, yeah. oh, okay. I'll do my sanity thing. Well, all right, devil. You make some good points. Let's go to donor shout outs and we'll, be, we'll come back. Maybe we can muster the intellectual fortitude and courage to fight the devil wrong show nathan <laughs> sorry i'll do my booking thing all right everybody <laughs> you're to do no i'll go back to sound of sanity nathan oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man i can't believe this star wars is on the line lord of the rings is on the line like if we don't twilight win day, twilight's on the line i'm gonna have to give up twilight get my twilight tattoo removed All right, we love all our patrons, and we like to do a little thing called donor shoutouts. Explain the donor shoutout system, Jake, and how people can be a part of it if they want to.
2: So we have a wonderful opportunity for you out there to support us. and partner with us in our work. If you love The Bookending, you can go to patreon.com forward slash The and support us for as little as a cup of coffee a month. Every little bit helps. We need your help. We need your support. And so and you when you say go, a cup
0: of coffee a month, do you mean people should literally take a cup of coffee a month, put it in a package and mail it to Warhorn Media's beautiful studios?
2: Would not be very helpful.
0: Yeah.
1: A good cup. Depends on the quality of the co- coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not you guys <laughs> call me to tell were? me it's here.
0: <laughs> Have we ever? I think anytime any goodies have come, which has been exactly once, you've Jake, let me know, Jake. You've let me know. Fair enough. Posted something in our internal thread that said, "Hey, if somebody wants to come eat this brownies that someone sent or something, we can you can do that." He did. Yeah.
1: yeah. Did you call it the Eternal Thread? Yeah,
0: the eternal thread. You guys oh, know okay. the eternal thread. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Slack. You know the incantation yeah. I
1: say before. Yes. <laughs> oh eternal <laughs> thread. <laughs> and then we all have the so, message to appear in our head. <laughs> yeah. So there are
2: different uh levels you can support us at on Patreon. When I say a cup of coffee a month. I mean four dollars a month. A mm-hmm. dollar a month. Yeah. Ten dollars a month, you get a donor shout out. That's
0: absolutely right. And the way donor shout outs works is you pay us ten dollars a month. We say your name on the podcast, sometimes with some cute little stuff along with it yeah that's a meal at culver's That's a meal at culver's there you go some some eggs and stuff at your bob evans perhaps wow that's expensive (laughs) (laughs) that's a moons over my hammy and a coke at denny's that sounds good all right guys what i'm gonna have to do is ask you to shout these guys out and say an incantation okay from (laughs) harry potter Oh
2: boy! So this is more like a quiz. Yeah. Okay. Or
0: you can make up an incantation. I won't know the difference.
2: It's more like requiring us to practice divination.
0: You could just say "E Tenebrous divination. lex." I won't
1: know the is,
0: okay. Random Latin things. So let's go backwards
1: today. We'll uh-huh. do Doctor X, Professor X. I think that's what it is, right? Yes, Professor, like X, Professor X. You're right, X. Professor X, and Dana, right? No, no, that's, we, no. Dan, we don't say, we don't say Mrs. Benjamin name. Tiberius. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so there is no, I mean, Mrs. X, Professor and yeah, Mrs. X. Yes, yes, it's yes. It's been a while. Um, Expelliarmus.
0: <laughs> All right. Jake, we got Eric
2: and Catherine, the lovebirds, and little baby X. Eric and Catherine, the lovebirds, and little baby X. Wingardium Leviosa. Oh, nice. <laughs>
0: oh, very nice. Uh, Benny T and the beautiful Dana. Benny T and the beautiful
1: Dana. Stupefy!
0: <laughs> Ooh, oh no. Jay and Katie, who are cold and love cheese, Jake. Jay and Katie, who are cold and love, cheese ridiculous.
1: They're both, they're buggerts. <laughs> they're buggerts.
0: Uh, uh, as always, our good friend, uh, and champion person of excellence, Maya.
1: Maya! Oh boy, Imperio. Oh, my forbidden. You, you
0: use one of the forbidden curses on my. These are the only ones I know. <laughs> I don't have that good of a memory, Jake, guys.
2: Side <laughs> point. We're going to get worse. Is Brandon a Death Eater? <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is always wearing long sleeves. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Please don't cruciatus me or whatever that thing is. Gritio. <laughs> All right, and we've got one of our new friends,
2: DJ Sammy G. DJ Sammy G, Expecto what the, what the, Patronum. Nice wonder what DJ's Sammy G's patronum is.
1: Sweet DJ turntable this is spinning around the a, room. T- t- turntable. Ah, oh, my beloved mother Beth. Oh. Andrew's oh not Andrew Andrew. Nathan's Nathan's beloved mother Beth. <sighs> um <laughs> he just grabbed a random other. Oh man. Latin nonsensio. <laughs> Latin nonsensio, Beth. Thank you. Uh
0: David's mighty men transport for all your transportation needs. For all your transportation needs. Aloha Mora. Aloha, Mora. Is that a Hawaiian curse or something? I don't know what that is. John and Jill and Little Baby Max. Oh no. John and Jill and little baby Max. Um got your Carpe Diem, your E ten and Locks. Protego.
2: Protego. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah.
0: I like Protego. It's the shield. Yeah.
2: Uh we got Robert and Rhonda and the Lovebirds. Robert and Rhonda, the Lovebirds. Cuccio.
1: Oh, no. Sorry, oh, no. mom and dad. <laughs>
2: They're insane. Yeah. I, being, I am being Neville. being tortured. I mean, yeah. Sure. That's what happened to Mr. Long,
0: Neville's parents. Yeah, the, which makes yeah. me Neville. Yeah. Oh, you kill Nagini. He's one of the best yeah. characters.
1: There we go. The inscrutable Jenny Z. The inscrutable Jenny Z. Oh, there's only one I can think of. Oh, no. What is it? Oh,
2: no. Oh, death. (laughs) It's
1: not
0: personal, Jenny. (laughs) Sorry, Jenny. We should say to our patrons, by the way, Harry Potter, the fact that we're doing Harry Potter came as a complete surprise to us, so that's why you're not getting... A copy of all seven books of Harry Potter.
1: Plus, we'd be here all week signing those. Things. Yeah, we'd
0: be here all week signing those, and they weren't part of the original schedule. So, I'm sorry. You can get your own Harry Potter. They're Buy not own. hard to come by.
2: Jake, Andrew, and Esther, the lovebirds. Andrew and Esther, the lovebirds. Lumos. 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 That's, a, that's, that's a just one. you make a
0: little light, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. little light. My- the what's her name? Oh, what's her catchphrase or whatever? Lily of the Valley. Yeah, yeah,
1: Lily of the Valley. Lily of the Valley. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> don't know. Oh. I
0: don't know. Oh.
1: Great. <laughs> it's either
0: Latin or Spanish. I can't tell. Uh, Ign- Brandon's Ignoramuso. Ignoramuso. <laughs> I don't think anyone's done the Accio yet, have they? No, we haven't. Accio.
2: Accio. I did know.
0: Lily of the Valley. She's slowly floating to our studio right now. Uh, we've got Jimmy, Dean, and little Annie Oakley. Jimmy Dean and little Annie Oakley. Riparo. Oh, nice. That's what That's Hermione did to his glasses. Little yeah. Harry's. Uh, Nathan, not me. Oh, sorry. Nathan, it not me. It probably should be him. He knows them all. Nathan, not Nathan. Um, make Jake do some kind of brain curse on Jake to make him give you the information. Imperio.
2: What's the uh, memory curse? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: the one that happens to Kenny B? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. brainwashio. washio. Brain washio, yeah. Men in blackio. Men in blackio. <laughs> yeah. Why does it backfire on Kenny B?
2: Because he's using he's using Ron's broken that's uh, right, wand. That's right.
1: right. It was the smoking gun. Mm-hmm.
0: Chekhov's wand.
1: There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that's a good paper idea right there. Chekhov's wand.
0: Chekhov's wand. I'm sure somebody's written about Chekhov's everything in Harry Potter. Chekhov's snake. <laughs> yeah. Chekhov's wand. Chekhov's scar. That that one. How many more of these do we have? Just one after this. Nathan, uh, not me. Nathan, not Nathan. You need, still needs to spell that Oh name. yeah. Oh no. Obliviate. Obliviate. Is that it? Obliviate, yeah. All right. Sorry, Nathan. Been nice knowing you. And finally, a warm bookening welcome to
2: our new friend, the immortal Chelsea E. The immortal Chelsea E. I'm very sorry about this. This is the only one I've got left in my head.
0: Oh no. Sectum Chelsea.
2: Sectum Sempra.
0: What does Sectum Sempre do to the Immortal Chelsea E?
2: It's slashes. It's the slasher uh Like you would literally just cut the immortal Chelsea E? It's what I just did. I didn't know what else to do. Oh. I ran out of other things to do. It's what you remember Uh, yeah
1: yeah it's the half-blood prince's curse yeah the
2: half-blood prince wrote it in his book for enemies and harry used it on malfoy oh brother yeah she deserved what she deserved (laughs) no she didn't i was i was draco did oh draco (laughs) i I pulled that up i pulled that but i was trying to think of what the other one is where they flip
1: well how about this those curses were either used on i'm gonna look it up the person or, if they were bad curses, they were used on their mortal enemies. Ah, oh, okay, cool. We just killed, um...
2: Defendo, Confundo. Those yeah. are both good ones. So we many could we used. could
1: have
0: used instead of those curses. <laughs> those horrible forbidden... <laughs> well, it's easy to remember the three forbidden curses because they make a big deal out of them through the whole thing. Knox.
1: So. Yeah, because apparently they're forbidden, but Avis, you can still use them.
0: Yeah. Revelio. It's too bad. All right, well, I want to extend a special warm welcome to our new friend, the immortal Chelsea E. Thanks for supporting us, Chelsea. Yay. Yay. Well done. Yay. Well done. I believe I wouldn't be telling tales out of school to say that Chelsea E, the immortal Chelsea E, is a friend of Jay and Katie, who are cold and love cheese.
1: I wonder if they ever are cold and love cheese together. Presumably.
0: Yeah. And they're all in Wisconsin, so they're all cold and they all love cheese. Pass those cold winter nights together
1: eating cheese, and cheese. regaling themselves with memories of the bookening.
0: Yep. <laughs> They could just listen to the booketing instead. They could. Instead they just try and remember things from well, there's the... the three of
1: them so they like to try and completely re-enact what they listened to. You know, that's good.
0: They should record one of those reenactments and send it to us. We would love to hear that.
1: They should record they should reenact one of
0: the things we haven't even done yet and we can just use it as an episode. Hey, that's a good idea. Reenacto podcastio. <laughs> and that has been a valuable use of your time. Thanks for listening, folks. It's not it yet. We still have to
1: answer this question.
0: All right, and we're back. So Brandon, help me <laughs> help me re-summarize summarize. Brandon, resummarize
1: the argumento. The argumento. Okay. Well, there are real scriptural reasons to not read Harry Potter. Yeah. Um the Bible condemns witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And Harry Potter is about witches and wizards. And these sorts of things they do in Harry Potter often reek of the exact sort of occultism that is condemned in scripture. And so, why and are we reading it? History. And throughout church history, church fathers have condemned it. People have been burned at the stake for heresy, for this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: And this is real stuff. I mean, I always uh, talk about, oh, what's that stupid play by Arthur Miller? The most famous thing he ever wrote. The Crucible. It's, we, we can, I don't know. Maybe people like The Crucible. But it is my name and I do not have another. Do no. you like The Crucible, Brandon? Nope. Okay. Yeah.
1: Good. Yay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Agrio. Agrio. Frindiosos. Friendio- <laughs> Better way to do it would be to say it with a British accent.
0: Grio <laughs> else <laughs> Um, people always so the crucible, famously about the Salem witch trials, and famously a allegory for McCarthyism, which was going on when Arthur Miller wrote that play. The thing that I always want to remind people about McCarthyism, as dumb and witch honey and stupid and terrible and awful of a guy as Joe McCarthy was, people always forget there was a thing called communist russia and we were in the middle of a cold war and it was really scary and yes joe mccarthy i believe was a fearmonger and a jerk but he was talking about a real threat and a real scary thing and communism and the red menace and all that stuff it wasn't just some dumb thing that conservative hicks made up it was a really scary thing at the time in the same sense When we go back and we read about the, you know, the Salem witch trials or about different heretics that have been burned at the stake for witchcraft, you should never forget that witchcraft and the occult and all that and Satanism, these are real things. And you might be able to find some good examples. We can argue about this or that example of Christians overreacting or maybe burning an innocent, innocent person or something like that. But the point is, there is act- this is actually a thing. It's a real thing, something that God speaks of as if, if it's a real thing in the scriptures and roundly condemns. And Harry Potter just plays with it,
1: doesn't it, Brad? Yeah, and I think that any place that we find ourselves callous and desensitized is the exact place to push ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so if you think of our culture today... We're all about, um, we have shows that glorify vampires, shows that glorify zombies, mm-hmm. and all these sorts of horrible things that to the Puritans and to all, you know, to mm-hmm. our fathers, Augustine, would have seemed horrifying mm-hmm. that we give ourselves to these things. And so you have and to actually And right? we give
2: these things to our and children. And we give these things to our children. And we tell them to so, play in this world,
1: yeah. it's fun, and they'll learn great lessons from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if you find a callus in yourself like that, it's not, it's good to peel the callus off and mm-hmm. see what's under there.
0: And at any time that simple people are feeling weird about things, you really want to be careful before you come up with your elitist, snobby arguments for why their fears this are... This is
2: okay, and that's not... And their fears and their instincts are wrong because they're just not as sophisticated as you. Yeah. That's... They're not as sophisticated as you because they can't parse, you know... Right. If you could understand the distinction Or because between... they can't parse the difference between Harry Potter and the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It, oh, please. It, if you... Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's people that like to really sort of parse between these things, and um, I don't know. It seems to me like Harry Potter's worse. Good
2: magic, bad magic, white magic, black magic, you know. white magic. Obviously, Moses was doing as... you know magic. Well, they'll go so far as to say that Jesus was doing magic.
0: And it's like no, yes,
2: and they it, will, and they'll make
0: that argument. Read that, yeah yeah I've read it too and 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 this it's all metaphorical
2: here, but over here it's not it's like it's all metaphorical over here where in the realm that I like mm-hmm. and anywhere in the realm I don't like, it's not, and I can parse these distinctions because I'm more sophisticated than you are, you stupid idiot,
0: right so for conservative Christians, basically Lord of the Rings is good, Harry Potter is bad um no. <laughs> if, I mean, if we're not supposed to read about sorcerers, then we're not supposed to read about sorcerers, period. That's what I think. And maybe we're not. I don't know. Uh, does, that, does that pretty much sum up the argument?
1: Yeah, it does. That's and the I'm argument. Not, and I'm not sure what we're supposed to do. I don't know. I mean, I've... I guess we'll have to... Got to figure this out, right? I got a lighter. Should we go burn the books? Yeah. Maybe Maybe you should suck the lights out of the room. Yeah. What's lighter. that? What's it called? Your... The,
2: the, lighter. The, the lighter. Yeah. The, yeah. What it, is it, it, it got renamed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it man. had a really stupid name in like the
1: Sorcerer's Stone, and, and then, then it got renamed. Yeah, well, mean we could try it and see what happens,
2: guys. We just did a whole
0: episode talking about how terrible Harry Potter was, and then you both started nerding out over yeah, what the it, name of it, the light. Hey, we've got to <laughs> try it, right? <laughs> <laughs> got to count to three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake's looking up the lighter, folks. I'll be I'll chat with Brandon while he looks it up. How you doing, Brandon? Great, Nathan. Done any cast, any cool spells? Brought anyone back from the life lately?
1: Back from life? Back from life, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have I you mean, murdered anyone? The Vodacadabra
0: is really
2: useful for that one. <laughs> ah, yes. In the Sorcerer's Stone, it was called the Put-Outer. Oh, the Put-Outer. But it got renamed the Deluminator. Oh, the Deluminator. The Deluminator. Which is <laughs> much better. Yeah, so this is the Deluminator.
0: Introducing, introducing the Deluminator. <laughs> Ooh, like a coming wrestler. in at 136 pounds. <laughs> it's kind of light. <laughs> well... It's easy to have fun, but I actually do feel the weight of these arguments. And if we're going to continue talking about Harry Potter, we're going to have to mount a defense. Right, folks? Or right, guys? That's right. That's right. See you next time, folks. Uh Oh. What? (laughs) Oh, it's a cliffhanger.
1: Oh, no, Nathan.
0: Deluminate. This. This. (laughs) Beginning was written and produced today by Nathan Averson, performed and also written, because we ad-libbed the whole thing, by Brandon Chasteen, Jacob Menzel, fine gentlemen both. Guys, rate us and review us, why don't you? We could really use some ratings and some reviews. And Brandon now, as he does sometimes, is going to dictate exactly what your review can say. First of all, you'll give it five stars, assuming we're on the iTunes star system of five. You'll give it five stars. If you're on some other system, you'll give it the maximum amount of stars, assuming that the maximum amount of stars equates to quality. Zero stars, I'm assuming, on this system equates to zero quality. So you give it the maximum amount of stars, and then you write the following.
1: The Bookening is the greatest, most charming, most intelligent podcast I have ever listened to. By no means am I under the imperious curse. <laughs> there
0: you go. <laughs> I would really, really nice. enjoy it and appreciate it if someone wrote that exact thing. So I think at least five people should write that exact thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if iTunes doesn't investigate us for magical fraud, then <laughs> I will be very sad. All right, well, next week we'll come back and hopefully we'll mount a defense against the dark and or light arts Uh-oh. of not reading harry potter We're Severus snape when we
1: need him <laughs> mm.
0: all right jake take us out with the spell that's gonna end it <laughs> end it and keep our listeners coming back and make everybody want to know what and the whatever spell you feel best sums up this episode and prepares I, people for the I next
2: just figured out what best sums up this episode all right. Right for it. petrificus totalis oh. <laughs>